Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Can you believe it? White Wine Question Time is playing live in the West End of London at the Leicester Square Theatre. And we would love you to come and join us. Come and raise a glass on the 13th of November. We've got the cast of Dumb Breeding. Joining me on stage will be Julie Graham, Alison Newman, Tracy Ann Oberman, Tamsin Outhwaite, Angela Griffin and Denise Welsh. We'll be raising our glasses from four till six. Why not come and pop your court with us? Tickets are available now from Ticketmaster, Live Nation, wherever you get your tickets. And welcome to White Wine Question Time, the podcast that asks its guests three thought-provoking questions over three glasses of wine. Although this week we are sticking with the soft stuff because my guest is now three years in to a dry January that she loves so much she just stuck with it. Now the chances are that you grew up watching her first on Saturday morning's kids TV with Motormouth, then on the groundbreaking Big Breakfast alongside Chris Evans, before going on to stand shoulder to shoulder with Terry Wogan for Children in Need. One of the country's most experienced presenters, she's never wanted to be anything but a TV host and broadcaster. In fact, as a child, she'd spend hours playing at being a TV presenter while her dad, the news broadcaster Clive Roslin, played along counting her into her own live shows in her living room. She now hosts her own BBC London Sunday afternoon show, which has been running for many, many years now, and a fantastic podcast that saw her bring in some truly impressive heavyweight guests, including Dame Judi Dench for her launch episode, and more recently, Kate Winsler, a mother to two lovely teenage daughters. She lives in London with her husband, David, and can be seen most days pounding the streets of the capital as she sets about her business. So let's dial her up, shall we? It's Gabby Roslin. Hello. Oh, that's just so embarrassing to hear. Why? Because you're just a divine being who, you know, I, I, and I properly adore you, but... That was really funny. It's like hearing hearing your life story that quickly by somebody that you love and respect and adore was just that anyway, oh, thank you. You're thank so well, you. listen, I mean that's just the highlights. Like I could have done 20 minutes and still been talking about your credits and all of the things uh that you've done in an well, it's a 30-year career now, which no, by the way. Do you know what? It's, it's more, 35 it? years next in January, 35 years. Oh, and I'm only 33. I don't know how that has worked. <laughs> child stars, eh? Child stars. Mind you, you were a child star in your own mind. Didn't you used to put a cardboard box on your head and pretend it was a telly? Yeah, no, my dad had the cardboard box and I sat alongside the telly. So um, <laughs> he was the camera and he had the cardboard box. And then there were times where I'd have the cardboard box, we'd cut the front out and I'd be the TV. But when I was doing Blue Peter... Um, there were the three presenters of Blue Peter and me. And it was lucky I was outside the telly because I'm allergic to cats. So I was very worried that um, what it, when I got on Blue Peter, they would have to get rid of the cat. And then I thought, would they get rid of the cat for me? But anyway, it was a real worry of mine. So I was sitting outside the telly at three years old presenting Blue Peter, yeah. And my dad is the cameraman. Amazing. 
Now, for my first question, I wanted to drill into that wealth of experience in this business and talk about the power of asking nicely and how on earth you get such incredible guests for that Gabby Roslin podcast. You are a brilliant case in point of if you don't ask, you don't get. So would you indulge me and talk me through how you got the following names to come on your show? And I'm going to kick it off with Dame Judy Dench. Well, this is completely true. The first email I sent, so when I talked to the production company and my producers, Hayley and Kate, and we said, oh, who would we like? I said, oh, you know who I'd really, really like is Dame Judy Dench. So I contacted her daughter, Finty, who I'd interviewed once. And I said, I'm launching uh, that Gabby Rosin podcast. And like, you're the first people I'm asking. Any chance that you and your mum would come on together? And I literally got a reply from Finty about 20 minutes later no. saying, yeah, sure. When do you want? And I, I kid you not, I then screamed louder than you've ever imagined and I ran up and down the steps. We don't have a big house, but we've got a flight of stairs, upstairs and downstairs. I literally went, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I was beyond excited. And I had, you're right, I had been very polite. It's, Please may I, it would make my dreams come true. How wonderful of you and your mum, lovely mum. And I, I couldn't believe it. And you know, when you reply, you want to do that. What? Oh my God. And I went, <laughs> That's wonderful news. Lovely. Thank you. <laughs> and then within an hour, I got Robbie Williams, exactly the same thing. And Rob and, well, you know Rob and I know Rob. We've known Rob since he was a, he, since he was 16. Since he was backflipping in dungarees. Yes. On the exactly. Big breakfast. Yes. <laughs> um, so I, I just did the same with him. So in the space of about an hour, Robbie Williams, Judy Dench and Finty Williams were my first guests. And I just thought, Let's do it. And that that is absolutely the truth. Isn't it interesting? Because I think so many people, and I'm guilty of this myself sometimes, um, you think, oh, no, we must go through the correct channels. But actually, you know, I respond to, you, you've said to me, will you come on my podcast? Of course I will, no bother. Yeah, you're coming on. I'm so thrilled yeah, you're coming but on. But you just, it's that direct line, right? And, and sometimes I forget to use it. And you are a brilliant example of just do it, but ask nicely. And it's the asking nicely that really makes the world a difference. Yeah. Do you know what, though? I was brought up by um, my mum and dad. And mum died many, many years ago. And But they taught me that follow your dreams, but be nice to everybody and don't hurt anyone in the process. And be polite and say, please, thank you and excuse me. And whenever you travel abroad, learn, please, thank you and excuse me in any of those yeah. languages as well. And I suppose I've had that so... Um, drilled into me and I do the same with my girls it's, please just be polite and be nice to people and I think I, I think on the whole I am and that's why people have said yes and they also know I'm not going to stitch them up on the podcast no and that we it's all about positivity and laughter and I mean Robbie Williams and I I think I might have done a little bit of wee wee because we laughed so much <laughs> um, uh, but we we do laugh a lot and I think those are the important things. Yeah, be polite, but you're polite as well. I know you know I'm going to keep praising you as well because you are and you know a phenomenal amount of people. Well, yes, but and, and equally, you know, I will always say yes by way of return. Um, you know, I love I love to be able to jump on other people's podcasts as well uh, or just to help people. It's just nice to be nice, yeah. right? So Rob said yes straight away. So what do you do? Just you dropped yeah. him an email. 
I sent him an email and we have been very dear friends for years and years. So I, I know Rob very well. Um, and it was lovely. He just said yes straight away. When do you want? I went, oh, okay. Uh, then should we do it? And yeah. And then I said to him, I actually told him, I said, Dame Judy Dench and Finty Williams have said yes as well. He said, you're having a good day. I, went, I know. <laughs> and then it sort of ro- just rolled like, like a snowball. It just carried on and carried on. And I don't think, I, ha- I really honestly, the only person who has said no is a very lovely, another night of theatre who, because timings didn't work out, but otherwise everybody has said yes, which is lovely. I'm sure people are now going to say no. Now I've said that. No. I don't want to tempt fate. No, no, because so, they're, not just, they're not the only ones that said yes. Talk me through how, when the whole world is going, oh my God, Line of Duty is coming back, Line of Duty is coming back. You're the only podcast that gets all three cast members. How do you do that? Because it's amazing. I know Vicky. Ah. I know Vicky. I know Martin. And I, I'd never met Adrian, but Vicky set it up for Adrian to come on as well. That's, see, and all you yeah. did is what? Drop her a note? Please, would you, would I you mind? I sent a note to, to, Ke- uh, to, uh, to um, Vicky and I just, and I met her through the very lovely Craig Parkinson, who does his own podcast. Of course, he's a brilliant, brilliant actor and podcaster. And I love Craig and I've known Craig for 20 years and he was the caddy. Uh, from Line of Duty. Yes. So we met, I met Vicky through Craig and Craig's coming on this season of the podcast, which is lovely. Um, and so um, Vic, Vic and I just had kept in touch because we just had exactly the same sense of humour. We were just being very naughty and giggling a lot. And then, I, so I messaged her and I said, I'm asking you and I'm asking Martin and I don't know Adrian, can I have all three of you together? And she said, yes, we've just got to, record the new season can we do it at the end of that I went, okay can you tell me anything about the new season no, no but we'll talk to you about it afterwards so yeah wowzers i mean that was an incredible scoop everybody you know and yeah. this is what's brilliant is when you get a, a booking like that it brings ears to your podcast that might otherwise have not known they're there and then you can grow and and you you really built on that success because then came kate winslet which you were very casual about when I last spoke to you. Like, yeah, I know. Yeah, I just asked her. But like, seriously, how do you yeah. ask Kate Winslet? Okay, so the, the story about Kate, and again, very true. Kate and I have also known each other a very long time because one of her very first ever live interviews was with me when she did a film called Titanic. And um, and she'd also, I th- I think she'd, she did Titanic, but then before Titanic, she did another film and we just remained friends and uh, we were always in touch and I'd been round to her house and a couple of times. So not when I'm not talking, you know, we don't speak like you and I speak, but I, I knew Kate and her publicist is somebody that I've known for probably 25 years, if not more. And that I I was watching, I, I saw all the trails for Mayor of Easttown. So I got in touch with her publicist and said, can you tell Kate uh, I'd love to speak to her on the podcast? And the publicist said, uh, I will do. And then she sent a message saying, Kate says, yeah, we ha- you haven't spoken for a while. Yeah, do you want to do it? And literally that's how it happened. OMG. I mean, you must have been like doing a little cartwheel when that, that, that call came in. Couldn't, be- yeah. Yeah, and it was so lovely. 
it's very, you know, it's it's quite difficult not to do too much. Oh, do you remember when we did this? And yeah, so um, I, we both had our babies at the same time. And it's like you with your girlfriends who you've been friends with for yeah. years. Because I had a baby at the same time as one of your best friends. And you came in and met my baby before my parents <laughs> met my baby. And that's a completely true story. You and, because uh, Nick had just had, lovely Nicole. Had Jean. And Liam had just had Jean on the same day as my first baby girl. And you came in. I'll never forget. And then Liam came in and I was in pajamas that my friend had given me and you you and natalie came in i went hi i honestly thought i was hallucinating and then you you and i went oh kate oh how lovely and then about 20 minutes later liam came in and went all right and i honestly thought i was going mad did you it was that was a that was a weird moment i bet it was very weird moment i remember that day so so well i remember i was at the hospital in the clothes that i was at home doing gardening with because that's when i got the phone call and then we got to the hospital because nick had given birth and we saw jean for the first time and it was beautiful but you were literally on the same floor so i had we were across the corridor from me literally across the corridor from each other i was so matt and i were so mindful of crashing what would be like a phenomenally private moment for you but equally you could see us so it was like we would just run in there and say hi because otherwise it might have looked rude i mean it's it's it was such a dilemma and we came in and you're like there you are, babes. And then we realised, oh, my God, we're meeting your daughter before your parents have this Yeah, I mean, it was it was hysterical. But also, I, I, honestly, I couldn't quite believe it. And I still tell the story to everybody. <laughs> and and my, my eldest knows it. I say, honestly, Kate Thornton, Natalie Appleton and Liam Gallagher, because Nick, Nick had literally just given birth. Literally, And then yeah. I went across the corridor with, with LJ under my arm and she's there with Jean. And then LJ and Jean ended up going to school together. Coincidentally. Yeah, yeah. But and she's beautiful. What a beautiful girl. Nicole is just lovely, lovely girl. Well, and now she's doing it all again. So she's got Skipper, who's, who's not even two yet. And Jean is 21, I think. 20. 21. 20. They're 20. 20. Yeah, they're 21 this year. Is Yeah, 21 this year. Were they born on the same day? They were. Yeah, they same day, uh, uh, something like 10 hours apart. God, yeah. isn't that funny? Anyway, we so digressed from how you landed Kate Winslet to me. Yeah, because she there. also had a baby. She <laughs> also right. had a baby. And we used to talk about how I, because I couldn't breastfeed. So I used to have all those sort of conversations with uh, Kate Winslet, as you do, because she she says it as it is. Yeah, she does. She's a good, she's never lost that, has she? And, no. and that that was really affirmed in your podcast. She's still, she's still Jenny from the block. Yes, she really is. She's held, she's yeah, great. she's had. So, so for those that haven't checked it out, I mean, it's literally the Hollywood Walk of Fame by way of guests. Can I tell you something that's happening now? This is no word of a lie. So I'm, after I speak to you, um, I have got, there. so we've got a Hollywood A-lister uh, that I was doing this evening and this person has got a family issue but is still trying to make it happen and it says here, he says here, please stay tuned and we'll try and get you an answer quick, 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 because we're going to launch the podcast with this person. If she's not in the launch one, she's going to be a couple of weeks away. 
But it's literally, there's the email <laughs> on my phone. I'm watching it thinking, am I going to have to record to LA straight after this? So, yeah. Yes, it sounds like you are. But isn't this the Poss- fun? Right? Isn't this isn't this kind of what we got into it for? To be getting your hands dirty in as much yes. as, you know, putting the show on its feet, booking the guests. Love it. Love it. It's It's a broadcaster's delight, isn't it? It is. And we can get to... To, what's so lovely about podcasts, and I learned this from you, you know, you're a master and you've been doing White Wine Question Time for how, how long have you been doing it? How many episodes? Uh, well, we've just cleared 150 something, but wow. only two and a half, yeah, two and a half years we've been doing it. Wow, wow. So uh, from people like you, and it's so intimate, and podcasts are, I, and I love radio, and I'm very lucky at the moment to be doing um, Virgin and the BBC, and I love radio, and it's so personal. And podcasts are even, it's like, so radio, Chris Evans, who I'm sitting in for at the moment, Chris is in my bathroom, Chris is in my bedroom, Chris is in the kitchen, Chris is in my car. And I don't mean literally, but you know, on the radio. And then podcasts can go that one step even further. Yeah. They're with you everywhere. They are. They travel with you. And they're so deep in your heart. They, it's You can really get to, to know people through them, I think. I think so too. And I think in some ways they sort of almost compete with my attention now over books. And I've always been a bookworm. But, you know, tomorrow I'm doing a long train journey up to Newcastle and I'm already plotting what I'm going to listen to. And it's and a book. I do books and podcasts. I always fall asleep with a book in my hand. But now, whereas I would re- I would have read on a train, now it's like, no, I'm going to podcast. Oh, I-, I know what I've saved. And you save them up and you look forward to them. It's a thrill, especially when people like you put such great guests in our ears every week. Um, so, yes, if, if you haven't already, please do hit follow, hit subscribe. For thank you. Thank you. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. My next question to you is around great teachers, because we all have them. But for you, there were three broadcasters that were from very different generations. And I'm guessing they taught you an awful lot. One would be your dad. Then it would be Chris, possibly. You tell me otherwise. And then, of course, the late great Terry Wogan. And your dad was a broadcaster. So you were learning from you were literally learning at your father's knee. And then went on to work with these two, I mean, institutions by way of incredible, untouchable broadcasters. What did they teach you? Uh, so my dad taught me uh, that, to, like I said before, to be kind and to be good. And to he, I remember, I absolutely remember him saying this, that every single person that works on any TV show, radio show, whatever you do, because dad did TV and radio, um, uh, just remember them all and because they're looking after you. you. This is always a team show. So I find it very difficult to say my radio show. It's not. It's our radio show. And there's, for my Sunday show, 
Um, it's only me and my producer who put that together, the same as the podcast. You know, it's the same with you. And it's our show. It's not all. And, and as an interviewer, it's never about me. It's always about the guest. Um, so those are the things that dad told me. And never, never give up on your dreams and be polite. Like I said, um, and then working with Chris, I, I, I said it very publicly the other day. And I feel this very, very strongly. I'm so protective over him. I I respect him deeply. I love him deeply. And the feeling and the, the relationship that we had has never really gone away. And I think one of the reasons for that is that we both brought ourselves to it. There was no crap around it, we, you know, you know me well enough. I, you know, what you see is what you get with me. And it is with Chris as well. And we both look at things. We try, We, I suppose we both, we we want it to work. So I'll want something to work and I'll, I'll instead of, if I play a game of tennis, which I'm really crap at, I'll fall over the net to make somebody laugh, to make it work. And Chris will say, right, let's get, let's get the shot in and he'll, he'll line it up. So to the two of us together are very passionate about what we do and we both love what we do and we both know we're lucky what we do but also Chris is a master I have so much love and respect for him I get very emotional about talking about Chris and I always will I think as well he was so when I look at the 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 character that he is and and I try to imagine the character that your dad was at that time Two very different schools of broadcasting. Oh, yes. Your, your dad yes. was on time, uh, you know, research. It, it was, you know, your dad, I would imagine. Was oh, but Chris is book. like that. No, Chris was, Chris was the same. No, Chris never, he was always on time, always super researched. But also, um, 100%, yes, I couldn't dispute that. Having worked with him just a handful of times, I've seen that. He's beyond passionate, but he's also disruptive, maverick. He's not afraid to rip up an idea and turn it into something else as you're doing the count onto air. And that's madly exciting, isn't it? To be, yeah, that's intoxicating. Yeah. Completely. And it is, it's very interesting. The thing I learned in lockdown, and I really, and I know you and I away from this chat have had this conversation, but what I learned about myself in lockdown is I always used to say, um, I'm addicted to my job. Um, I, uh, um, I'm obsessed with my job rubbish. I'm, I wish I could ever scratch out any time I've ever said that because it's not that. I love my job. I love it with a deep love and I respect um, the the job, the, the work that I, not what I do, but the, so I it respect television. I respect um, radio and podcasting and uh, and it's a deep, deep love and that's what Chris has, but I love it when it's not safe. Yeah. I love it when it's not safe. I don't want to do safe. I really don't want to do safe. I've, I don't think I've ever really done safe. Even when I started out, my very first TV show was a show called Hippo. And um, we didn't know why. I've never hosted a TV show. I kept telling everyone I was a TV presenter. But I've never <laughs> been a TV presenter. Um, and then I had my own daily uh, kids show. And we just we just went with it. And we just did things that people wouldn't, they would say, nobody does this. I went, oh, let's just do it. I didn't know that you didn't do it because I'd never done it, if you see what I mean. Yeah. 
But you also know that, you know, sometimes you work on jobs where it is a bit more kind of belt and braces and a bit more kind of you have to play it by the script because that's also respectful as well, you know. You know. But then that you can have those those moments, those shows, those times where it is that sort of just get on and make it up as you go along mentality. And for there to be far less script than there is. Yes. I don't, actuality. Well, the big breakfast, you know, the big that, breakfast, the, the big never breakfast had a script. Was, no, did it? Well, it had a running no. order, didn't it? It had flagposts. So um, the, it changed, it changed. But when it started, Chris and I were very lucky um, that there were no scripts. So there were flagposts. So we knew that at, at the top of the hour and at 20 past and at 22, there was news. And there were brilliant, there was a producer and um, an assistant producer and an editor in our ear. And the assistant producer and the producer would put that show together, would do the clock and would say, right, we're going to do an item about dinosaurs. We're going to do the family of the week. We're going to do this. But there were many times, and and they're now very important people in telly, but there was an assistant producer who now is um, one of the bosses at the BBC. And she was watching the show, knowing that her show was Friday's show and this was Tuesday's show. And I said live on air, this couple who were family of the week about they wanted to get married. So I said, oh, let's do it live on air. And they just said, what? I went, we'll do it. We will fix it. We will do it. You'll have a wedding live on air. Nobody's because nobody had ever done that on telly before. And and this girl, Kate, she looked at the television and just said, oh, my God, that's my show. I've got to. And we did. (laughs) In four days, we put together the first ever live wedding on television. And so that's the sort of. That's how I love to roll. So, uh, you, you, I mean, if, if you had a very similar mindset to Chris, what do you think he taught you? And more importantly, what do you think you were able to teach him? Because at that point, you were the more experienced presenter. Um, uh, no, no. Uh, I think we had, I'd been doing it for a long time, but he'd been doing radio for a long time as well. So um, we'd both been at it for a while. But I think I was the... I think what what I did was um, I was the uh, I can't think of of the right way of putting it, but I I was the calmer one, and he was the more um, so. If I'd probably stand still, and I'm trying to put my mug down, so I'd be standing still, saying to everybody, "Thank you very much, thank you very much," and Chris would go, "Thank you very much, thank you very much, thank you very much," and then I'd catch up and I go, "And let's just come back here a bit." And then when I was standing still, Chris would also sometimes go and do that. So I think... A bit of a dance. Yeah. yeah. Did it feel exciting? Did it feel like you were doing something (gasps) new and different? Yeah. Yeah. And Chris and I still say to each other now, we remember that there were times often that we'd look at each other just before going on air and just say, how lucky are we? This is unbelievable. And we didn't... we, We also didn't get carried away with all of the showbiz fluff around it we we were at the opening of uh planet hollywood and chris and i stood there and we had to be up very early in the morning and chris and i stood there and went look who's over there there's sylvester stallone there's bruce willis and we couldn't believe it we didn't sleep that night because we were so excited that we'd seen all of these people and and then they were all coming on the show we think they can't they we're going to get to meet them so and i'm a bit, still a bit like that and i think chris is too we um yeah, get excited by it all. Did you appreciate at the time how differently you were doing things? You mean, if you'd have just flicked channels at that time of the morning, you wouldn't have seen 
anything a like that in breakfast but b pretty much across the whole day really um no because when i did motormouth i did motormouth for three years and every journalist used to say to me oh what would you like to do next i said i don't know saturday morning telly every morning of the week i didn't know that that was a possibility of it ever happening so for me it just felt this like the the same thing i suppose and we weren't watching the other side because we were on air but no because we did, we it was always about the the viewer so we we were having a good time but we were always chris and i would say oh, do you think they're going to like this you know I, I hope the the viewer gets this i hope the viewer likes it and when then they started using catchphrases to us in the street you know we'd just be how do they know that it was it really was I, I'm going to use the word innocent. It really was very innocent. And like I said, we drove ourselves in. We didn't, there was no showbiz. There were no dressing rooms or we had a curtain. There was one makeup room where we all sat together, um, Chris and Paula, wonderful Paula Yates. And I used to have our makeup done together. And there was a curtain in another room and there was a rail with some clothes on. And we'd quickly get dressed and we'd run downstairs and we'd help with our mics. So there was nothing... It, it it did change after we left because it became it, sort of a huge machine. But in our day, there there wasn't any of that. And and now it's coming back to our screens. Is it next month? Yeah, I think I don't know. I think so. Yes. Are you in any way involved in it? I know it's for Black History no. Month. No, oh. no, it's a no. It's it's got uh, it's it's um, a black big breakfast, and uh, so they're doing it. Um, with black people fronting it and black people behind the scenes. Fantastic. And and Mo Gilligan is hosting alongside AJ Adudu, is that right? Yeah. Fantastic. That's why I, I know as much as you do. Yeah. Will you will you will you be watching? You're gonna check in, see how it's aged? If I'm not working, yes, of course I will. But yeah. it went on because the big breakfast, it started 30 years ago next September. Oh my god, so old. How? How is that possible? Jeez. And if you think about it, very little has ever done the same thing in the same slot in the same way for that demographic of of audience. You're right. Saturday morning telly every morning. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that television misses um, uh, fun, happy, risky stuff. And, And I wish there was more of it. I would do it like a shot. I don't mean necessarily breakfast or anything. But what I mean is I... I think that television has become a little safe. And even though I'm obviously uh, slightly older than 33, um, and I tell everyone I'm 33, I'm sticking to that. But <laughs> but I, I'm, I, there's no way that somebody's going to make me sit, sit behind a desk and go, and good afternoon, welcome. You know, I'm, I, I, I still want to be crazy and a bit mad. And I think you can be at any age. And I think that... Viewers, we we did get a lot of people getting in touch saying, you know, we we especially over the pandemic, I think people wanted to escape and a bit of craziness and madness. So yeah, that's what I do on my Sunday afternoon radio show. Yeah. So it's and it's great to be able to sit in for Chris at the moment and have a, a great laugh with that. I I've, I'm so um, touched that Chris has left his baby in in my hands. I take it as a huge compliment and and I love him very much. And and then after Chris came another broadcasting icon really. Um very different style but entirely his own um 
to the very end. He's unique. Oh, Terry Wogan. What what yeah. were you able to learn from the late great um, Terry? So we worked together for 12 years, Terry and I. And I'll tell you something, which I don't know if I've ever said this, but my dad worked with his son. So uh, No, with Alan. Because ah. he's got Alan as a broadcaster. Or I don't know if he, I don't think he's not anymore, but he was a broadcaster. And my dad went and started up Radio 5 when it was, it was called, well, it wasn't called 5 Live, it was Radio 5 because dad was at Radio 4 as a newsreader. And they called dad in to Radio 5 and they said, could he help train up the newsreaders? And he was helping train up somebody called Alan Wogan. And I was working with Alan's dad and Terry's son was working with my dad. It was it was very bizarre. Um, How uh, funny! So so dad had worked with Alan, and then I ended up working obviously with Terry for for I did uh, ten years of Children in Need, and then we did the Terry and Gabby show. Yeah, as well. yeah. And then we did uh, we did other shows as well together. Eurovision. Yeah, yeah. And what did I learn from Terry? Um, he was the he had the, a glint in his eye like nobody else. He was a bugger. He really was. Because if he didn't, if he, he'd say, no, I, I haven't watched that show. I'm not interested in that show. And he'd tell the guest and he didn't care. <laughs> but he also was, he was a gentleman. And mm. he also, um, he was very kind to me. Very kind, very lovely. He, um, children in need, we loved it when things went wrong. And uh years later after after I left children in need and I remember we were together at an event and he called me over and we were sitting there and he said didn't we love it when everything went wrong and I said yeah and he said you're you really are properly naughty but you don't want to hurt someone and I just went no and I said you're really naughty and he said yeah but sometimes I can hurt people but I never meant to <laughs> so you know he was he was he was a good man I've never that morning that he died, um, I kept, I keep saying this to people. I kept saying to my husband, do you know, I must get in touch with Terry. I haven't, I haven't spoken to him or emailed him for a while. I must have. And I kept talking about it for probably a few weeks. And then I got a phone call on the Sunday morning and uh, it was one of my bosses at BBC London. And he called me up and he said, hi, I'm really sorry you know, we'll understand if you don't want to do the show today. And I said, what are you talking about? And he, he realized that I hadn't heard that Terry had just died. And he said, I'm so sorry, I have to tell you that Terry died. And I, I the shock, I, I, the same, I got the same news about uh, when Paula died. I hadn't read it in the paper. I hadn't seen anything. And it's the same phone call. But I remember sitting down, with, sitting down going, Terry! And I... I screamed because I got such a shock. I didn't, I, I, you know, we didn't, I didn't know he was ill. I hadn't spoken to him for a while. And, um, and he said to me, um, uh, he said, you know, if you don't come in, I completely understand. I said, oh my God, I have to be there. Terry would hate it if I didn't. And I said, look, do you mind if I use the first bit of the show to pay respects to him? I sort of did it in autopilot because he was a professional and he was one of those people that'd be like, uh, it's not brain surgery. You go and you go. He always said that. He always said it. He said, "So what if it goes wrong? It's not brain surgery. Go in." He made the mistakes a part of the show, so they just became yeah. a delight, like an unexpected treat. And 
And he it was the way he just took it all in his stride, always with a twinkle, oh, yeah. always with a sparkle. It felt like he tap danced telly. You know, nothing would throw him off his beat. And and nothing. Yeah. yeah. I did try every so I always tried. He knew I tried. But he'd always have a way back, wouldn't he? He would always be able to just kind of shrug it off, a bit of an aside, and on with the next item. Always. Always. There was one time he had a sweet in his mouth and he went, What am I gonna because he's about to go on air? And he went, what am I going to do with it? So he gave it to me and I put it in my mouth. And he went, I can't believe you did that. And I took it out of my mouth and put it in his. And he went, what are we doing? But it was that sort of sweet little innocent things, you know. And then we went on there and he told everybody. So why not? But I mean, like you're literally sandwiched between, certainly when it comes to radio, two of the very best that ever have been, Chris and Terry. I mean, that you, you just can't find two more natural, instinctive, unique broadcasters. Yeah. And they adored each other as well. So when we did Terry and Gabby, Chris Evans produced it. So yeah. the three of us were together. And then did Chris not take over from Terry at Radio 2? Yeah, he did. And they were very, very, very close. And Terry adored Chris. Absolutely adored Chris. Really did, dearly. Because he was a bit of a, he was a maverick, Chris. He would yeah. do his thing his well, way. Well, as was Terry. Yeah, yeah. But I guess one was just a different styles, different approaches, but fundamentally yeah. the same ethics. Well, I mean, when you think about it, you've had, I mean, your dad's an incredible news broadcaster, Chris Terry, and, and to work alongside them all throughout your career, pretty much incredible. Um, well, do you know what? Yes. And, and also some others that, who have, you know, Ben Shepherd, who's a friend ah. of both of us. I love working with Ben. We did, we've done a few TV shows together. So talented. So yeah. lo- and so lovely. And Matt Allwright, one of the most generous co-presenters you could wish to work with. You know, so many, you know, Paul Ross, genius broadcaster. Absolutely, you know, he was the guy that produced uh, The Word. And the big, wait, he came and presented on The Big Breakfast That's with me. Right. And then I did radio with him. And, he, you know, really... I've learned so much from so many very, very, very clever people. My final question actually sits around the weekend that you've just had, because I know you've been at Carfest and I could tell from your posts that you had had one of the best weekends on record by the sounds of it. Would that be fair? Uh, it was fantastic. I'll tell you what was so extraordinary about it was after, well, you've done it as well. After after lockdown, seeing so many people Freaking was yeah. incredible. But everybody at Carfest was happy and celebrating life. I know that sounds a bit corny, but it really was. It was lovely to see, I was interviewing Sarah Parrish and her husband, Jim Murray. And, and, um, and I saw Sarah had, so I saw lots of people, obviously we'd seen each other on screens and things, but not in real life. And then, um, being there and watching the master, Chris, he's raised over 20 million pounds through Carfest. So um, I don't think people still, understand it's a fundraising event and he he completely really, yeah and and he really completely. has raised a ton of cash for it uh for yeah. great causes over the years and and he makes you every year a part of it a part of the presenter lineup. So if that was one of your greatest weekends certainly of recent times what other weekend would qualify as the ultimate weekend for you? Well, without the obvious ones of of marrying my husband and and having the kids 
I'd, I'd sort of like to put together a fantasy weekend. Do it. Could. Yeah. Okay. I would have... Oh, it's maybe go all emotional. Oh. I would have all the people that I absolutely adore, and you'd be one of them, um, and Chris, and and my family, and Matt, all right, and all the people that we've mentioned. Yeah. And, and lots of people, including actually uh, Finty, who we were talking about, uh, Dame Judy's daughter, and all these lovely people that I know, and all my best friends. I'd have, we'd all be together in Africa, because it's, my dad was born in Zimbabwe. We'd all be at Victoria Falls having a giant barbecue and we'd all be dancing and laughing and we'd be dancing to fun, disco, crazy music and there'd be a live band and it would be, the live band would be full of happy, lovely music and happy, lovely people and we would all just be laughing as the sun went down. There we go. That would be my dream weekend. Let's do it. I'm sure we can make that happen at some point, surely. There's got to be enough COVID tests in the world. Amanda Byron's got to be there. Loads yeah. of people. Loads of just all lovely, really happy, positive, lovely people who want to celebrate life. Because actually, no matter how many times we all say it, and I really believe it, life is too short. And just to to appreciate every moment and just have laugh. Laugh. Laugh, dance, sing. Be stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And and have a good time because we haven't yeah. had a lot of that lately. And that's what I got from your post over the weekend. It looked like you'd gorged on good times. It really was. It was lovely. And then Chris called me up. I wasn't expecting it to introduce Nile Rogers. Honestly, I heard Chris talking on stage and I thought, are you talking about me? You know, you do that really weird thing. And then he said, Gabs, where are you? Gabs. And, and, my, and I had the kids and, and my husband and... And and also uh, our mutual friend George, uh, my lovely agent, and I was sort of, go, and they were all going, Chris. I, I suddenly went up on stage and my knees went wobbly, and he went, Gabs, and gave me a big hug, and he went, right over to you. Could you uh, introduce Nile Rogers? And I looked out and could see everyone. And my my fourteen year old daughter said that the most excited she's ever felt was when I said, Hello, Carfest, and she heard everybody <laughs> cheer. And then introducing Nile Rogers. Wow. Wow. He's the man, isn't he? Oh, my word. It was incredible. He is the man. I love him. I mean, and there's never not a good chic show, is there? Ever. Oh. Did you get up on really? stage at the end and dance? Because that's what they ask you to do is they, they invite members of the audience up to dance with them. Did you get no, on stage? No, I was just down there because, you know, I'm, I'm a bit shy about the dancing thing, but I was dancing with all of the family and oh, it was lovely. It was fantastic. Gabs, thank you so much. I really can't wait to hear who your Hollywood A-lister is that you're jumping on a call with. So you're going to launch the new series. When does it drop? Uh, next Monday. So I can tell you about one of them because we're, we're two. And one of them is the fantastic Anastasia. Ah, oh, she's great. She really is. She's, she's fantastic. And we met when she came on the lottery. And it was the only time I did the lottery for three years. And it's the only time that the machine broke. And uh, <laughs> she said to me beforehand... Because we had we'd met many times, and she said, "Hey, girl, let's hope the machine breaks tonight so we can get longer to talk." And it, and it happened. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, you said keeping your balls in the air for now. <laughs> so, if you haven't already, go and check out Gabby's podcast. Brand new guests are on their way, but the back catalogue, including is you, including you, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, and the back catalogue is rather delicious. So go fill your face. Gabby Rosalind, as always, an absolute pleasure. Thank you, my love. 
Thank you so much. You are a very special person. And I'm going to say this, and I hope you keep it in and don't edit it out, that the support you give others is phenomenal. So thank you. Thank you. you. I will definitely edit it out, but that's really kind of you. No, you can't edit it out. (laughs) Because I'll say it in my podcast and I won't edit it out. (laughs) Yes. All righty. You're making me blush now. And that never happens. Um, Have a lovely evening with whoever your Hollywood A-lister is. Thank you very much. Bless you. That's it for this week's White Wine Question Time. As always, the show is produced by me, Kate Thornton, with Libby Knowles and Richard Hatherall for Yahoo UK. Our beats come courtesy of Andy Bell. And if you would like to rate and review us, oh, I'm going to ask nicely. Remember, it's the power of asking nicely that gets you there in the end. Gabby Roslin's taught me that. Please do go and leave a few kind words, but only if you've got nice things to say. Honestly, if you're just in a grump and you're not feeling us, keep it to yourself. I'll be back next week with more great guests. Until then, take care out there.